0: everybody um to this evening we are going to be speaking on a fairly touchy subject only because it's um everybody's dealing with it right and so tonight um we have a special guest (laughs) so happy she's here um so tonight uh this is me the pleasure doula alicia hearn
1: victoria white
0: dr sarah Rourke. And our guest tonight is Kayla Hearn. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. So tonight we want we decided that um we had talked a few times during the past couple weeks that we were gonna be talking about like mental health, especially with the women, right? And the burdens that we carry and a lot of the expectations that we're dealing with and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um but mm-hmm. mental health in general, regardless of the gender that you are it's such a stigma right and like nobody opens up avenues for us to just normalize it and let's talk about it and then you get the people who are just bubbly and full of light and sunshine all the time and then they're the ones who really deal with it I find personally anyways the most and we're like totally floored and so I uh I think that we need to bring this, situa- this not this situation, but this topic to light more often to just, you know, normalize it. And, and what was it that you said, Sarah? You had said something about, um, um <coughs> what did you, oh, I can't even remember now. You said something <laughs> really good, like yesterday or the other day, and, and it was about, you know, pretty much normalizing it and, and allowing space for everybody to just talk about what's going on for every person in their...
2: Yeah, I I had brought up the fact that um, when I was growing up that no one talked about mental health and there weren't any resources and the fact that when you did have a mental health problem, that it wasn't a common conversation. So uh, if you were considered crazy, that wasn't commonplace. So... It was a it was a situation where let's make crazy the new normal. Like let's do that because it isn't being crazy. It's being yourself and breaking out of those boxes that society has created for us, and and that those constructs are um, unfair and they are guided by these practices that are are really just um, coming from different cultures different um people coming in and telling us who we need to be when we need to self define we need to tell everybody in in our spaces who we want to be and and really be comfortable in our own skin and let others know that. And if they can't accept that, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have those uncomfortable conversations and be okay to feel all of those emotions from a very young age instead of like crying and saying, I mean, that's not okay to, Okay to cry. Or um, I'm... I like that's a very common thing in, in a young household is is when you're crying and they're like, just be quiet or or you're acting out or those types of things. It's, it's always I'm uncomfortable with that. So you just silence. So and those when you silence those emotions, they grow into those mental health issues. So for me and for a lot of young parents who are bringing up. Children, those mental health issues are coming out because your children are bringing them out in you because you never were able to deal with them. And you don't know how to name them, so you are healing with your young children. and And I find that myself with my daughter because um, crying isn't acceptable, and being really emotional isn't acceptable. and 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 that's no um, no uh, shame of anybody. In my life, but that's just how it's always been, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm going down this road of discussing those emotions, and I think that's for a lot of people in our communities um, where uh, don't those children need to be quiet? They need to not express what they want or what they need. They just need to fall in line because that's a good. Um, behavior of a child and that's a good behavior of an adult and you go from one one stage of growth to the next and, and that's what it is you know so and what does that mean when you're of an age of consent what does that mean when you become in a relationship it's just an evolution of not understanding fully who you are because you were never able to express it
0: oh wow that's you hit it right on you hit the nail right on the head because the when you say like self Definition, or you know, like that right there is huge because, just like you said, we're we're conditioned as young children, what to be seen not heard, mm-hmm. and and our emotions are making all the adults around us uncomfortable, right? And if we are emotional, if we're crying, then we must be a troubled child, mm-hmm. or there's something going on, but. We're just learning who we are and all these crazy emotions. Then you throw in puberty with all the hormones raging, and then you're all over the place, right? And how many times do we always hear things like, um, women are too emotional, Mm -hmm. right? Women are so emotional. Women shouldn't be in these positions. Women shouldn't be here. Women shouldn't be there. They're too emotional. Mm -hmm. They bring too much emotion to the table. Well, hell... I think we need to start bringing more emotion to the table because uh, there's too much cold bodies walking around, numbing everything that is making up who that person. Um, complete and It's completely shutting them down, and dulling their light. It is taking away their creativity. It's um, pulling their talents away from who they really are. Right and. Um, Another big thing too is like, all those emotions, and and as ngwa huma women, we know all those emotions, they also can be connected to gifts that are so much bigger and so much stronger than what Western um, medicine teaches us. And then if we start to take on all these different, um, I don't know, band-aid solutions? it mm-hmm. just shuts that down even more and so many people have so much to bring to the table but it keeps getting shut down and it keeps getting pushed down and like you said you're just crazy you're crazy well we're here to tell you it's normal to be crazy let's <laughs> all be crazy you know what i mean But um i'm really excited to have uh, kayla come here and um speak on this because i know that you've had your own
3: bouts of this mm-hmm. and uh you want to share on that for sure. I shared my story on Facebook three years ago because um, it was such a strange time in my life. I uh, went through a lot of personal stuff and I felt like um, career-wise, everything was going really well. And then I, and it came out of nowhere where I just didn't feel good. And I thought all of these things could fix it. I thought a vacation would help. I thought more, you know, working out, eating healthy. I thought all of those things would <clears throat> make me feel better. And I realized that It was just me trying to avoid the fact that I knew I was going into a depressive state. And so I went to my doctor and we discussed my options and we found a medicine, which um, I was on for um, about a year. Um, I'm not, I don't like to take that kind of medicine, but at that point I I needed more help. Um, I took it after a year or so, I weaned myself off of it with my doctor's guidance. And I felt like, geez, like I came out of it feeling so much stronger and so much better than I had felt before leaving those depressive states. And I said, maybe this time I can stay off the medicine. And so I I weaned off and then after a year, I felt like, okay, I'm feeling those feelings again, but not nearly as bad. And just recognizing what I was going through, that it was okay was a big step in that process. I had been diagnosed with depression at 16 with my medical doctor, and at that time, like Sarah, no guidance, it was take some Paxil, which isn't even issued anymore, um, as a medicine. uh, And that was it, no therapy, no anything, just take the medicine. Um, And I was 16 and and still struggling, and um, hit college and it it came back again. And that time I, I met with a psychiatrist We discussed my options and I decided on therapy, no medicine. So I did therapy for, uh, six months, uh, once a week. Um, and it taught me so many tools and how to, you know, how to deal with it, understand that it's okay. Everybody goes through it. And then talking with Sarah throughout our whole lives about her mental health as well, recognizing that there's other things with depression that can happen. Um, my manic episodes look really weird. I like to clean and organize things. Um, my depressive uh, episodes are kind of, you know, laying in bed kind of thing, not wanting to do anything, anything. Um, and then along the lines of going through all of those processes, you're recognizing more and more mental things that are affecting you. But in my case, I looked at them. I researched them and said, well, OK, how do I help myself? Because that's a hard thing to push on people when they have mental health problems is that I can't help you. I can guide you, I can talk to you, I can listen to you, but you really really have to help yourself. And like you said, like we were talking about it today at work about there was four suicides in the last 2 months <clears throat> in our community and we talked about how you know, we didn't know. And I said some of these people nobody knew how they felt everyone thought they were fine and everyone thinks i'm fine all the time i am i present to you i'm happy and bubbly and and i am most of the time Mm. and a lot of times i use that as i'm just going to hide what i really feel don't want to ruin anybody's day don't really want to talk about it right now just going to pretend everything's good Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how depression works It's, it's fickle and it comes back and it changes You could be on medication for five years straight and feel perfectly fine. And then one day you stop feeling fine and you have to go back to your doctor. You have to try a different medication. It's just, it's a long, long, arduous process. And it's all about learning about yourself too. Taking a hard look at yourself and going, okay, like do I want to live like this forever no can I deal with it in the best way that I know how and that's doing your own research and finding out things and that's what I I like to tell people is like it's we're all all our journeys are different too so Mm -hmm. it's really crazy but that's kind of my story well
0: appreciate that um and you're right like everybody's journey is so different and um everybody comes from a different background everybody's upbringings are different, our circumstances are different, right? Well, at the end of the day, we all know that um, we don't feel like us. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, the the ability to recognize that is hard because like you said, we, we have such a hard time to look in the mirror right Mm -hmm. right and then um we have the wonderful gift of social media to make it look like all hunky-dory 24-7 right Mm -hmm. and then another time people will take a look at you and think oh everything looks great your facebook says this Mm -hmm. it's called fake book (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything um, would you like to share with us, uh, Victoria? I am going want to keep you quiet in the corner over there.
1: <laughs> well, I was just listening to Kayla, and it's, um, it, it's an incredible story. Not a lot of people can come out and say that to the world, mm-hmm. that they've battled depression, that they've done what they've done to get where they are today. But what do we do for the people who who can't express that, Mm -hmm. who don't know the resources of where to go or who to talk to, to research or help themselves. Because if they don't want to go to, say, a medical clinic or a therapist, there's not really many other options other than trying to find support within your family, a spouse, parents, dudas, aunties and uncles, or even friends. And sometimes that night that might not be supportive like what do we how do we help those who can't really
3: help themselves Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of what I was just Mm -hmm. thinking of we talked about that at today at work as well because we're talking about um a lot how a lot of men in the community cannot speak about their emotions and all of that stuff too um and I don't know if I have an And I, I was lucky enough to have great friends mm-hmm. who, who have gone through that journey, too, that were older and all that stuff, too. And it's like, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm. And I can't sit there and go, well, let me go talk to everybody and see if I can, a stranger, and pull out the information I need from you to let me know where you're at mentally. I've had people reach out. Um, the first time I posted that story, a few years ago, I had two people reach out. I'm not going to give their names. But, um... One was uh, a private journey with her family, and one was a I'm first year in college kind of going through that mess thing. And it was, I talked to her mom, actually, and, and just gave her some words of advice and kind of directed her on where to go and what to do. And then the other one was an adult, so I spoke to her about things, and we just, I just talked. That's all I said. Um, and the one parent still thanks me to this day, and then I had someone else reach out this year, and it's like, just listening was a huge factor. Like someone pointed me in the direction of this person. This person was given my phone number and I let them contact me. I didn't want to contact them and push anything. And um, it was just texting and it was just me listening to what was going on. And in my heart, I knew she was okay mentally. Like she wasn't gonna do anything crazy, but she was just going through a, she needed an outsider's perspective. And I don't know how we go out and reach people and try to get them to, to speak it's a tough tough
0: and it's a it's a good um it's a good thing to bring up too like uh, I, I honestly I didn't even think of it at the moment until you brought it up and I was like yeah that's that's absolutely right because but I also believe that if we speak on it more and if we are willing to be that avenue and they know that you are a safe space i'm a safe space you guys are a safe space and they can reach out to us and just like for you with those people that reached out to you that in itself could make a world of a difference to just have somebody listen to you right mm-hmm. were you gonna say something
2: no i keep thinking about um there's there are a lot of resources out there um just looking like i kept thinking like when i was going through all of the different highs and lows of being bipolar um and like first i was diagnosed as borderline personality disorder and then i went um and then later on they said no just kidding (laughs) you're you're bipolar but um before that i i had reached out out to friends and I was like, "Wait, I'm just not going to ask you or say anything to you because I feel like a burden." Mm-hmm. And my first thing when I talk to people who are feeling different or feeling like they're they're not enough or they're not feeling like they have self-worth or they're just feeling dark or that they they feel like they have clouds on their shoulders or weight on their shoulders to know that they aren't a burden, to know that even in their darkest days, To tell somebody anybody that they're feeling that the way that they are is a step forward Mm -hmm. and if it's like the janitor or like a school counselor or the teacher that you feel comfortable talking to or or a cousin or just somebody in your life that you feel safe with that's enough or an app on on your phone. You can look up mental health apps and there's tons of them and one that just lets you breathe and it has like a shape that opens and closes and gets you out of that panic attack. They have those. Mm -hmm. There's so many different resources online that can take you out of that moment of bad space and bring you back to present. So you can recognize that you're in that space of of like a negative mental health. It's not going to solve everything, but it's going to bring you back to a clarity where you can start to see where you can go. And when I was in a bad way, I used to write lists of things that made me happy. Mm -hmm. And they were just little things like... I don't know, when I was in college I used to write about Labat Blues and Bob Marley and Sublime and, you know, like college bullshit. But I used to, like, write the list and, like, going home to see Catfish and, like, w- a really good social on a Friday night. Like, those were the things. And I just write the things that really made me happy and what I was grateful for. And it got me through that moment until I could find somebody that I could talk to. Mm-hmm. And then when I was ready, because not everybody's ready, then I would go talk to somebody But if I didn't see a glimmer of hope in my darkest times, I wouldn't be here right now because we all have those times. And and I think that's what people are afraid to do is like, oh, I can't talk to them. They have too much on their shoulders. They have too much going on that they're carrying themselves like they're that's that's too much for them. And I I'm not worth that time. And, and i'm I'm sorry I, and like you are all worth that time you are all worth that time to everybody in your life mm-hmm. if if you weren't you wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be loved you like even if they're busy working 80 hours a week like the people in your life you're they' you're there you, they love you yeah even if they they haven't talked to you all day they still love you yeah yeah and I think if somebody had told me that, Like, back when I was young and we weren't talking about mental health or what that was, like, I wouldn't have, like, cut myself every day just to feel, you know? Or, like, I have tattoos to cover all my scars now, and I try and find good ways to really let go of that anger or that pain or that anxiety, and I I go to counseling now, and, and I do it in a really good way. Um, because I have tools, mm-hmm. I was taught tools by my counselor on how to deal with when I'm manic or when I'm, I'm stressed out or or when I'm really dark. Or I clean too. I'm, my house. Yes, me re- and Sarah love our manic. We don't care for the <laughs> <laughs> No, you go up and down. But but there's there's different moments and and um, I mean you look for the tools, and and um, and then when you're ready, you reach out. So I mean that's that's my advice. Um, because people don't talk about it. There's so many forces out there telling us that we're not worth it. Mm -hmm. There's media telling us we're ugly. There's the corporation telling us we're poor. There's job places that telling us that we're women and we don't deserve to make enough money. There's, There's everything telling us that we are not to that level. But in our hearts, in our community, like with our families surrounding us, we are enough because we define our own worth, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe that. And and we need to figure out our own way to heal ourselves and to create spaces where we can really um, surround ourselves in that love. To to talk about mental health because people aren't doing it and they're like oh well that's a that's a white person's world of, of discussion that's a that's a white person topic and and it's really not mm-hmm. it's it's really something that we should be healing within families and, and moving outwards and and I know Alonya talks about it in the creation story with the sky woman falling, and that was the first time I was like, "Yes, mm-hmm. somebody's connecting that to who I am." You know, like that darkness and her falling up down, uh, like upside down, and the light coming and turning her right side up. And I was like, "Like my culture, my my traditions, my my teachings—they they turn me right side up. Like they they bring me back to that. And not everybody connects to that, but um, but they find something." They find something. It might be metal. I mean, I do that too. It might be it might be music. It might be tattoos. It might be it might be I don't know. It could be anything that's gonna turn you right side up in that darkness. But you gotta find it. You you really do. I'm sorry I went off, but <laughs> no, no, no. Good. that makes me think of like I'm like thinking like what do I? I'm like oh I forgot yeah. I write poetry.
3: <laughs> you do. You like write poetry. I forgot about that for a second. Yeah, I do. It's about finding that medium too that helps you kind of calm yourself. But I, th- I agree with Allie 100%. Like, I think people talking about it is going to really start to open some doors for other people to talk about it. And there is great programs at Community Health down at MCA. There is great program at the Tribe. I know that every place that i worked at the casino in the Tribe for the last 10 years of my life. And there is phone numbers and online help that doesn't require even your name or, you know, anything. It's, it's very private if you don't feel comfortable um going into these places to go get help, um and I think that's great. and like today when Victoria and will walked in, I didn't know that will, you know, just needed a minute, but I went over and gave him a big hug, and you know, he was taking his time to do to relax, and I was like,' oh, that's awesome like, and he came out and told us like, hey, I just we just had a conversation, and I need to chill for five seconds. like it was like, oh, yeah, like people don't do that enough either when we're just not feeling something like yeah, yeah. you know, I need five minutes for, by myself to relax or. You know, that kind of thing. Or when I, you know, I messaged Sarah a few months ago and I said, hey, I got something deep to tell you, but are, are, do you have space for me? Yeah, so can you? Hold and I'd heard that somewhere. Can you hold your space for me? And she said, yeah. And that's when I, you know, unloaded on her. But it's like, a, it's a great question to ask people. And it's a great question, like you know, can you hear my story? Is it okay? Are you in an okay place to listen to what I have to say? And what I have to say is you can rate it yourself. It's going to be deep or it's going to be not so deep or, you know, and just checking on them before you, before you have to, uh, to speak with them. So I think that's great too. I
0: noticed a lot too is that um, we're so quick and I don't know maybe it's a mother thing or a woman thing but we're so quick to check on everybody else and mm-hmm. make sure everybody else is doing good but we don't give ourselves the permission to be okay or to not be okay That's because true. in reality we should acknowledge those feelings right and we should know that they're there we need to feel those grievances we need to feel those dark part pieces of our lives Because that gives us the ability to recognize, and then, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. Where's my outlet? Like, learning hobbies, like -hmm. you said, metal and tattoos and things like that, right? Like, where do I find my space, right? Like, where do I find my area to (coughs) um, unload and that what you said too about um, reaching out to somebody to ask them can you hold space for me while I unload while I release all of this and you never want to unload on somebody that's already dealing with their own because It's going to be that much heavier because as women, we want to take on everybody's stuff and hold everyone, right? And we just want everybody to just feel rainbows and sunshine.
3: (laughs) And I think that's part of it, too, is finding your boundaries, going, well, I'm going to listen to Allie today because she really needs it, even though I'm not in a great space. Right, right. And I'm not offended when someone sets their boundary. Like, Mm -hmm. that is totally protecting themselves, whether that's protecting themselves for the conversation that... I was going to have with them or protecting themselves is working on themselves and taking that time for themselves. And I'm not going to take anybody else's time away from themselves. That's Mm -hmm. important for them. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course talking to, I mean, I'm around mothers all day, every day. Uh, yeah, I noticed that too, is that, you know, I always, there's all these sayings out there, you can't pour from an empty cup Mm -hmm. and I try to tell that people just blow it off. Like, Oh, whatever. Don't, it's a saying Mm -hmm. for a reason. You can't give so much of yourself and leave nothing for yourself. So every time something happens, the first thing I say is, "Well, do you what? Are you, what are you gonna do this week? Do you want me to babysit the kids for a couple hours? Go get a manicure? Go do whatever?" I think that that's important for moms too.
0: Yeah, yeah. For myself personally, um, I always, <clears throat> I always had this um, unrealistic expectation that I needed to have it together, and this is my house, and. Um, these are my kids, and I shouldn't be asking anybody for help, <laughs> and I should take care of this house by myself, and I should take care of these kids by myself. I made my bed. I need to sleep in it, and... um I guess it was on autopilot for a long time because it didn't hit me until COVID hit and we shut down and then all of a sudden I not only became the mom and then I became a teacher and I am no way shape or form a teacher (laughs) and I was a referee and I was a cook and a chauffeur and I was all of these things all rolled into one and um, you know like and then I had to run my own business and I had to make the money to keep that house going and um, i hit i hit bottom like i just Mm -hmm. collapsed because there was nothing that i could do and then my house went to crap because i didn't want to cook i didn't want to clean i didn't want to do this i don't want to do that and then he would come in from working and then he'd be like well now i gotta work and now i gotta cook and then i gotta take care of the kids and i'm just like i don't know which way is up i don't know which way is down i don't know what to do with myself right and um I remember he we got into a really big argument and I was like so close to just like you need to just get out, you need to just leave. I don't even want to be with you. <laughs> and I just felt like attacked, but it was my own ego in the way of not just saying I need help, somebody just help me. And he kept saying like let's hire help, let's hire somebody, let's hire somebody to help with the kids in the in the house. And I was like no. Like I need to do this. This is my job. This is my job, and that's such an unrealistic. Like now that I think of it, because we did my <coughs> help and it was amazing. <laughs> but it, it. Now that I look back at it, and I'm like, why? Because we're so prideful, right? We're so we're so proud of our families. We're so proud of our home. We're so proud of the ability of what we can and can't do. That I that I missed the perspective where, let me have somebody come in and do this work. While well, I can work on my business and then I can have free time because I don't have to focus on cooking or cleaning. And I can take my family and go and do something. Go to the park. Go find those outlets that's going to give me the the space to release. And I don't have to feel so confined to just, you know, wake up and do all of these, 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 these. And then go back to bed and do it all over again. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not a machine. And I wish that I didn't have such a wall and I allowed those um I allowed that opportunity years ago you know what I mean Um, but I, it, it was a real struggle for me because you know we have these like I said an un- unrealistic expectation that we're supposed to have it all together we're strong Mohawk women and it's like <laughs> oh my goodness stop with that already we're not machines we, we are strong but but not to the point where we're going to
3: drive ourselves it crazy it's not even worth it and we set those expectations for ourselves and then your partner comes home and this is what you've shown him for how long for so many years and he's like what the heck is going on like and then we get mad like well get out or you fight whatever and they get out and it's like okay that's part of me too yeah and then the part where you were saying like i was a teacher i was a mother i was a house cleaner i was a cook i didn't hear you say i was ally no right and i think that part of your outlet is work too mm-hmm. i think i think you're very passionate about your job and mm-hmm. your work and i love it too so i think that 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 taking away from it too kind of you kind yeah. of lost yourself a little bit
0: yep and there was even moments where i would i would hide in my office because i didn't want to uh, i didn't want to um look at what was really happening on the other side of the office door because i just wanted to hide behind my band-aid and you're right and I never gave myself the opportunity to be like, what about Ali? It was always like, what about oh, my God, it's his wife? What about those kids' moms? You know what I mean? What about Ali? So it was a big light bulb turn on, turning on. I must have turn on. <laughs> it was a big turn on moment for me. Would
3: you like to speak? Would you like me to speak in my low voice now?
2: <laughs> it's a whole different show.
3: <laughs> and I think uh, you were talking about uh, the people. Uh, especially women in the community, taking on all of these things. I read something uh, probably a few years ago about um, that being a defense mechanism, about are you the type of person that asks somebody to do something and then when you don't do it immediately, you're like, never mind, I'll do it myself. That is a defense mechanism. And part of that, too, I find a lot of moms do that, too, because they want to take everything on and it's all stress and all of this stuff and... You know, I think it's a huge defense mechanism.
0: Yeah, burnout is a real thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when
1: you said you ask, say, a kid to do take the garbage out, and then they go fool around in their room, get on a, a phone or a tablet, or go to the bathroom because they just want to take that extra few little minutes just to kind of not be able to do it. And then you're just like, oh, fuck's sakes, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. It's just because you... You expect it to be done when you want it to be done. Not when putting the responsibility on a kid or on a spouse or on a co-worker or on anybody else that you ask them to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'll, I'll get it done. It's going to get done my way. And it'll get done faster.
3: Yep.
1: And you're totally right. It's a defen- defense mechanism. Like, I was brought up that way. It yep. was just like hurry up and get it done or you don't do it and then mom does it, dad does it, sister, brother, whoever does it. I'm trying not to do that with my kids Mm -hmm. to bestow that responsibility on them to make them learn, learn themselves. Mm -hmm. So that way, oh, well, I'm not going to do it because star will do it or mom will do it or baba
3: mm-hmm. i don't know if you were like me but when my mom would do that <clears throat> i would uh, feel really guilty and just yes. sit there and uh, like hide or do something else like i feel guilty that i she took it over when she asked me to do it and then i felt now i feel bad about it and i'm a kid feeling bad about it going no oh, i should have did it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yep and that's kind of like a guilt trip that we put on our kids yep. huh yes and we mm-hmm. don't even realize that we did it yep.
3: you know because i did i did it in my time not your time yeah mm-hmm. and then i saw something about like someone speaking to their child, like, Okay, buddy, we gotta take out the garbage today And it was a young child, like an eight year old boy and he was like, Okay and like and he was in the middle of doing something and she's like, How about we do five more minutes of colouring and then we go take out the garbage together And he's like, Yep And like that's exactly how it went. Easy peasy, took out the trash. Everything was good and it was like I was like oh my god that's all we have to do is like talk to our kids like that or whoever you know what I mean I'm like geez like that was great but think about it though how many times
0: are we asked to do something whether it's for work or anything and um, we don't jump we don't do it right away, right? And mm-hmm. then we we do it on our time. So why do we put those expectations on anybody else to do it when I say, let's go mm-hmm. get Especially it done Especially
3: right kids. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, the, taking that time to teach them about that as opposed to making them part of your work crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like getting mm-hmm. stuff done. And I mean, we and Will worked together for a few years, and he's, he's seen me, you know, be like, oh, can you take care of that? and like five minutes later like i'll take care of myself i'm like sit down you know (laughs) like it's kind of like that like it was just me right it wasn't anybody else and it was just me and that's a hard pill to swallow too (laughs) when you realize that it's you and not like you know it's not because oh they're not working as hard as i am or whatever but it was like no it's definitely just me me being me you know what i mean i'm trying to get past that and move on from that so just little things here and there
0: so Kayla, what is um, we were talking about outlets and things like that. What, is, what are things that you do for you as Kayla, the individual, before anything else, before any other title? What are the things that you do for you to keep your sanity and to keep you mm-hmm. feeling on top of your game
3: and on top of your world? I realized at some point that the work never ends. <clears throat> I'm in a good place now. In six months, I may not be. And I have to come to that realization, too, that it may all change. But for me, it's the little things that I do for myself. Um, If I take longer in the shower, oh, what a great night. Like if I get to like do everything that the girls do in the shower, you know, like deep condition your hair, like paint my toenail, like anything like that, like any time that I take grooming myself or taking care of me, I love those things. And that makes I take care of myself first um Sarah asked me last night to join the podcast and I'm like oh it's a gym day like and then I thought this morning when I woke up I'm like my body is so sore I need a rest day for sure and I'm like and it's that's okay I don't have to keep but my one of my priorities this month was just food and and dieting and exercising and all that but I'm like you know what that's okay to take like my body is sore I'll take a rest day prioritizing that for myself was good too like Thinking about food and diet and all that stuff. That's what I'm focused on right now and it changes all the time like once in a great while I'll write a a poem Um, I write people have requested things and I've written for them as well and Just finding something that you really really love and poetry for me um, Was an outlet for my emotions whether they were Sad happy anything Um, And I started that when I was a senior in high school and it just kind of carried on, but poetry, self care, taking those times to—I asked my cousins to go to dinner this week because I know that they are feeling a little stressed. I'm like, let's go have a margarita and some tacos, because that makes everything better. And you know, just like take the time to have some dinner, take some time for yourself, um, do those fun things that you like to do. So that's that's those are the things that I do. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. I want tacos. I know. <laughs> What about you, Sarah? What are some things that you do for yourself before mom, before titles, before before Dr. Sarah? Like, just
2: Sarah. Hmm. Um. i going to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I'll go find a walk-in. That. Yeah, I'll go find a walk-in. I love and I'll it. I'll even get a little tattoo just to get one. Um. I will... Just go for a drive and find out where I'm gonna end up. Sometimes I'll just go and drive and like park somewhere and listen to an audiobook. book. Um, I like to go get like manicures and pedicures. That's always a really good time. Um, before the pandemic, I used to try and find a metal show and just go and, and just dance and try and push my way right up to the front. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and try and make eye yes. contact with the lead singer. Oh, that, that was yes. like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> Victoria's like, Yes, I know <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I used to do that all the time or or find like um like an antique shop and like dig through all the old records and, and all the old little things and find cool stuff. Um I don't know, just go to a, a good shop and have a really good cup of tea. I don't know. I've, I haven't done a lot of really good, fun things for myself, like a good run, like a good, really hard run where you're just like sweating out all of the things. Um, singing, mm-hmm. and whether it's like opera or like a jam session with with the crew, like uh, just getting together with all the women that we used to sing with all the time and just jam out and sing and sing and sing um driving around with my sisters and laughing till our stomachs hurt um or falling off hammocks in the woods <laughs> that <was laughs> girls <mean. laughs> I don't know there's there's lots of good things i um, making my daughter laugh her head off because she's just like the most beautiful bright light in my whole world um I don't know there's there's lots of things but I really need to get back to that because um, you you talking about just getting lost during the pandemic I think that speaks to so many mothers so many mothers and and so many people have lost so many people there's so much grief in our community right now and it's really really heavy like I was thinking about, when um all the people got together and they did like the big community smudge and how good that was um and how good it felt when they did the prayer all, or they they did that prayer all at the same time um just because i mean i can count now 17 people that i've lost in the last two and a half years including like five uncles and my daughter like I just there's there's a lot of people that we've lost that we loved Mm -hmm. and so for me like when I think about like going to grad school and working part-time and having a three-year-old through the pandemic like it's just the craziest thing to me it's just been such a blur for us all as mothers as women And I want to do all those things I love because just talking about them brings me joy, you know? Yeah,
0: because while I was watching both of you talk about the things that you like, (laughs) you just lit right up. Yeah. You just lit right up and you sat even taller in your seat.
2: Yeah, and I don't remember the last time. I I mean, yeah, today I sat in the car for a little bit longer just so I could sit in the car for a little bit longer and just do absolutely nothing because I like to sit in the car and just listen to metal and just headbang for a little while. Cause that's my joy. Cause I don't go in crowds right now. Cause my daughter is like, I'm just afraid of her getting sick and, and that's me. So just to pretend that I'm at a show right now is enough for me, (laughs) but it, it, that's good medicine to me. Like it's real good medicine. So I just like, I'm just keep thinking about like doing those things again and, and being safe while doing it. And, and, um, and I hope that anybody who's listening now thinks this about this question and gets back to that in some way, even if it's a little tiny bit of that so that they can find that joy again because these last three years have been so heavy for so many of us and we're all doing things in, in such different ways, like we're not the same and we're not gonna go back to normal, but we can find joy in the new normal that mm-hmm. is today, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finding the finding the support within each o- within each other
0: too, like yeah. to to be able to create a space and to for our listeners that they know that there's more than just you know going to the clinic like you were saying like what other avenues are out there yeah. how about just somebody to just listen right and I tell this to my VIPS all the time my door is always open to my office and I always have clients come in and they're like I just need to talk. I just need you to listen to me and it and it's fine like I bring drinks and we just sit there in my office or at the balcony or even at the river cuz for me my space is the water. Like mm. do not take me away from the water cuz I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's my that's my spot, right? So even if somebody comes to me and they're just they're just unloading i don't even ha- i don't even have nothing to offer i don't say anything i just let them unload and if they're asking me questions for my input then i'll offer but i'm i'm just just l- listen because i think of like for myself what did i need i just wanted somebody to listen that's mm-hmm. all and so for me if i say if it's a nice day and somebody comes to me and they need a space i'm like let's go down to the water because if it gets too heavy i know exactly where i can release it right i can be that what do you call that con conduit? conduit yeah yeah. just go ahead put it all on me and I'm just gonna throw it into the water and let the water do its job because that's what it's here for and um, I like I said I, I bring that up in my VIP all the time My my girls in my in my VIP know that the doors open and just just to continuously offer that opportunity just like you said when you first came out on your Facebook page and people started to reach out to you they found a light within you, like, oh, I feel like I could just connect to her. I could open up to her, right? So, tell us your things, oh. Victoria. <laughs> what are the things that brings you the joy? What are the things that makes you feel good before before being mom,
1: before being Will's wife? <laughs> um, It was traveling, well, before Will and I got together, and then we got pregnant right off, so... <laughs> that kind of came to a halt but traveling like I would just kind of go meet up with a cousin that was um like downstate um but then now with after the kids um and then the pandemic because I was laid off I got I was the one of one of the ones that had been laid off um like right at the beginning March of 2020 and then I never got employed again until last year. So I was laid off, reaping all the unemployment benefits. <laughs> but um, I hated it. I hated being home. I hated being the stay-at-home mom. It was so hard. All the kids were doing remote, all eight of our kids. <laughs> and then the little twins, they were two. So it, it was super, super hard. Um, and that's the second time that I had been a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not me. I'm not just meant to be home and be mom and do everything for the whole house. So when what had happened is my cousin had gave me a plant. It was um, a snake plant because I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And I had never been into houseplants before. I always killed them. This one survived, they're kind of hard to kill anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) so then I just kind of started gathering more houseplants and they all like thrived and they all flourished and they all started growing. So I found that and that really helped me because it was my little time to like, I researched how to get the best type of soil to make my own soil. Um, I was grabbing, like, pots and plants off of the the Facebook sites. And then I would just go on my porch, do my thing, mix my soil, get my hands in the dirt. The kids would come out and help me when they could. Um, or they would just be inside watching TV. Which, would, that's fine. They're, <laughs> they were just kind of doing their own thing while I was doing my own thing. And so now I'm up to, like, 30 plants. <laughs> they're just kind of taking over Will's like you can't get any more we don't have any more space but I keep bringing them in (laughs) and um, they're so good for you they are they are very very good and I just love seeing how like you have to figure out what plants like how they grow what type of water they need what type of sunlight and then when they start to get brown or start dying you have to readjust them and then boom they're back to life Mm -hmm. um and then crystals I'm, like, super into crystals right now. I have... That's another obsession where it's kind of taken over our whole house. Girl, we need to hang out a lot more. I love my plants. Yeah, so so I have a ton of houseplants, a ton of crystals. Um, Wash your crystals tonight. Yep. Yes. Uh, We were going to do it last night, but it was raining. And a lot of our crystals, they can't be out in the rain because it'll damage them. But, um... Yeah, I would say houseplants and crystals. That's like my thing. And then just we'll we'll see it too. I just get home from work and I'm just drained. So I just go in my room. If one of the kids want to come cuddle, we watch TikToks or like Instagram (laughs) for a half hour or an hour. Because it's good for them too because I'm at work all day. They're at school all day or like Head Start so they we don't get much time. So that's like our little bonding, just to kind of we all decompress mm-hmm. and it's our time, me time slash their time, but together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we do, and then, Will will also notice too if I'm stressed or I I do have anxiety. If he sees that, he's like, "You need to go get a mani-pedi. You need to go hang out with your sister." get out of the house and he's awesome and he kind of arranges that so it's one last thing I have to I have to worry about mm-hmm. so yeah that's just that's all about me time and then now one more thing the podcast yeah because it's kind of refreshing you get to tell other people about yourself than versus like your spouse who you tell mm-hmm. yourself about to every day <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's refreshing because this is also me time just to kind of connect with people Connecting, and yeah. tell them your story because it's nice to retell stories especially about yourself so it's almost
0: like a recharge right yes it's real recharging to have um the connection with other women yes to not feel alone mm-hmm. right and, and to feel normal Yeah, and we're helping others.
2: Yes. Yep. Yep.
0: So, um, does anybody want to add anything, leave anything for the end, or
1: share anything before we wrap this up? I did want to talk to one more thing. Yes. Um, I was just talking to Will about this last night. (laughs) It. I was, we were talking in in our group chat about, um, about this subject yes and then our, our special oh. guest <laughs> i was talking to will my phone rang so i took the call and then i'm like will I, I don't feel like i'm good enough to be on this show just because like everybody's super educated and you you do your your facebook lives and you, you run your own business and everything and i'm like what do i do i just i work I, we have our all of our kids and i felt like it was a bit of imposter syndrome just because it i was comparing myself to all of you lovely ladies so I'm like I'm not good enough <laughs> but um of course well he's my rock he he's like well fucking right you are <laughs> <laughs> you deserve to be at that table yes you do yes you do well thank you it's just i wanted to bring it up because i'm sure everybody at some point has that same issue of imposter syndrome if it's at their job, at school, with their spouse and their family, or whatever avenue I'm sure it has come up. Can I let you in on a little secret?
0: Okay. I feel like that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not alone. You're not alone. I have that feeling all the time. Like, why me? Exactly. (laughs) What what do I have to offer? But you know what? Your Mm -hmm. stories are, are enough to connect. You know, and and you have something to bring to the table all the time. Everybody always does all the time. Somebody has something to say that's going to connect to a listener, to one of us at the table, and it should never be um, withheld. And this is only speaking from my own experiences. Mm -hmm. If you keep holding things back, you're kind of like doing everybody else a disservice. Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, wow. That's a good way to look at it. (laughs) I'm not getting 100% of Victoria if you hold back. And I don't, so I don't know how to experience that. <laughs> yeah. And to add to that point, last night when Sarah asked me to join, I said, I'm not sure what I bring to the table. That was my vulnerability going, I don't think I belong there. Yeah. And then she said, yes, you do. And I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One, you know, that was real hard. But and then she, <laughs> it's a little bit of um, uh, not feeling worthy and it's a little bit of yes. being flattered at the same time, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. And then trying to navigate through that feeling and going, okay, like, yeah.
2: No, and and every time,
0: every time we let the fear creep in, and every time we let the doubt creep in, we're doing ourselves the disservice too.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Because That's right.
0: Yeah. we aren't giving society our full potential. Mm-hmm. And why do we do that to ourselves? Right? And not only do you build up your own potential and own your own space, but all your girls are watching you own your space. <laughs> so you're empowering them as well because there's always somebody watching you mm-hmm. always, all the time and I just had this like thing this morning where I was like I hadn't worked out in two weeks and I, and it wasn't anything, I just was like Meh, I just need a minute and <clears throat> this morning I was like fuck it, I'm going to work out and I'm going to fight through it and I worked out and then there's my son my oldest son and my oldest daughter who have been working out for the past like six months or so man are they ever jacked holy (laughs) crap and all they keep saying is if my mom can do it then what's my excuse oh wow yeah and it really like ding it turned on a light bulb for me i'm like oh shit i can't stop
3: (laughs) (laughs) you're setting the example exactly Exactly. exactly
0: so anyways um good i'm glad you shared that Yes. because that's that's a real thing it is yeah and you're not alone <laughs> um does anybody else have anything to share before
2: we all uh, no I have imposter syndrome every day <gasps>
3: mm-hmm. no, I,
2: Dr. Rourke <laughs> no no <laughs> I know, right? no, it's, no it's real no oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, no it's yeah. real and in, in, like in spaces with people who are academics and spaces with people who are in leadership it's um who are experts in in their field like Um, in spaces where there's elders and I'm like, do I really know what I'm talking about? And um, I was actually, I think I put it on my story a couple days ago that imposter syndrome isn't real because everybody who's sitting at that table is just as qualified as you are. And if you went in that interview, if you went in that (laughs) space, either one of you could have been there. Either one of you could have gotten that job or gotten that position or been at that table it's just about timing it's just about the effort it's just about the louder voice and so when you walk in there it's just about how you feel about yourself and your confidence and you walking in here today meant that you had the enough confidence and enough safety to feel that you could do it just like when we're talking about mental health and and we had enough enough bravery today to talk about our stories and yes. share them like we we felt that today we're we're safe with each other in this room to be able to share that like like we just need the the proper environment to to be able to to give those messages out to the world and mm-hmm. i th- and i think that's that's um that's so important for us to give to all those kids and all those people that are looking up to us or looking down on us or whatever is that we're not going to be afraid anymore to share and what we know because um we are loud ladies with lots of emotions mm-hmm. and that's acceptable, you know, like like I'm I'm up and down and all over the place, but that gives me power, you know, and and for a long time they're like, Oh, you're so emotional, oh you're so sensitive and like yeah and, and that's okay because my sensitivity makes me in tune to what is important in this world and makes me look at all of the things that i want to change and the and that lens so that i can work on it and make those things better for our people and that's why i do what i do you know so i'm sensitive yes fucking right i am and i'm gonna do the work now because i'm looking at my world as an emotional woman like let's go you know Like get in mm-hmm. and, and i think people have been telling me that my whole life and and I'm, I'm honing in on that and, and not being ashamed of it anymore. And, and I'm, I'm taking it and turning, turning around and into a powerful thing. And it's taken me a really long time to do that and not be ashamed of it mm-hmm. because I have been, you know, like I, I've been, my mental health has been a, a shame for a really long time and, and I can't do that anymore because I'm grown. I'm a mom and, and I want her to not ever be afraid of her feelings I want her to know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to be depressed or bipolar or manic or schizophrenic or whatever it may be. And if she feels suicidal, she can reach out to any one of you women or men in this room and be like, uncle, I'm not okay. And Mm -hmm. she'll be able to do that because she's very loved. Mm -hmm. And I hope that whoever listens to this is gonna feel the same thing and feel safe to say, auntie, can I come sit by the river? And let that go. And you can be that conduit. You know, like, I feel like that's going to happen. First, because there's too much sadness in our community. And Mm -hmm. and they need to be able to speak. They need to know that they can be empowered to do that.
0: And crazy is normal. Crazy
2: is normal. Let's go. Let's go get that tatted. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy is normal.
0: (laughs) Oh, this was amazing, guys, and uh, I really appreciate you all offering your stories and sharing your words of um, advice and just your experiences because the experience in itself is what really makes the impact and what really needs to get out there. And so utilizing this podcast to stretch our voices as far as we can, right, Mm -hmm. to just keep offering that space for other women, because women don't get enough recognition.
3: (laughs) I'm
0: just saying.
3: I feel like my last thought is if you don't take care of your mental health, it's going to take care of you. Um, I spoke with Sarah when I when I asked her for the space a few months ago, I held something secret for a few weeks. um, Me and one other person know and what was going on. And I said I was quiet and didn't say anything. And I started to get this lump in my throat. It felt like I had to cry all the time. And I was like, I didn't feel like I was going to cry. I just felt like my throat did. I'm like, what is going on? Like, whatever. And when I finally spoke to Sarah and asked her if she had space for me, when I released what I had to say, it felt better. And then I started to talk to more and more people about it and explain what was going on in my story. Uh, It got better and better and better. It was almost like I was blocking my own voice because I just was protecting my my heart, I guess. And then I, you know, I started... As soon as I started to release what I needed to talk about, it got easier and easier. And that lump went away. And it's like, your body and your mind will tell you when you've had enough. Mm -hmm. And just listen to that and try to... Just try to start working on it and start fixing yourself.
0: Yeah. We're not trash bags, right? You know what you do? You take your garbage can and you just keep shoving it in Mm -hmm. and keep shoving it in until what? You can't even tie it together because it's exploding and that's not who we are, so... Let's not do that to ourselves. No, <laughs> Physically sick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Illness comes with it. Yep, absolutely. you're absolutely right. So I want to thank Kayla for joining
3: us here tonight. I'm so honored. Yes, Hi. thank you. You're thank you, guys. special guest. <gasps> yes, you are. Am I really? You are. Oh, my yes. God. And I love podcasts, so this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very honored. So
0: this is um, the pleasure doula, Allie Hearn, signing off.
3: And Victoria White.
2: And Dr. Sarah Rourke. And Kayla Hearn. Yay! 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 Yep.